Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Middle. Hey, how's everybody doing today? It's Bark, and I got arms to my left. Good morning. And knit to my right. What's up? I'm, I'm doing great to answer your question that... Didn't ask. Yeah. And welcome hey, to the Back Row Fantasy Show. Good is how I'm doing, good. and morning is the time. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the phrase, it was good, just meant, it was good, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> Better than Ezra or something, yeah. Um, so good. I, as of right now, that's the most better than Ezra I've ever heard. Uh, and I'm sure it sounds the same. Yeah, it does. Sure. I, I don't even know who you're talking about. I assume a band, probably. Yeah, you don't remember better the, than Ezra. The, wait, Ezra, you know, Ezra was pretty bad though. So they're better lurking. than Ezra. <laughs> you don't remember Chaz lurking around the house, watching no. the window shine. But I feel like since I'm familiar with the presence of the United States of America, I should know. Yes, that, that's what that's what came to mind when he said lurking around the house. I'm like, sure, that ain't president of the United States of America. <laughs> I'm thinking, POTUS. let me tell you about a friend of mine. Driving my doom buggy. Yeah. And the fair check him out. <laughs> Millions of participants all day. You guys want to sing presidents this whole this whole thing? Yeah. Dude, I could probably fill an hour with terrible impersonations of the presidents of the United States of America, and I'm not proud of that. I'm not <laughs> proud of that. If there's one CD I know every lyric to, it's probably the self titled album presidents of the united states of america we drank way too much natural light listening to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's somehow soaked in yeah i don't that's sad uh, that's sad i think there's actual lyrics of the presidents of the united states on the back of the natural light cans you're just reading them you're like huh, cool. huh. on yes. a side note there's a kitty <laughs> on my should do that Ooh. side note there's a kitty on my foot and i want to touch it kitty on my foot and i want to touch it Kitty on my food and alone. Oh, no, nobody is going to have any clue who these people are, and they're going to be like, "Good lord!" I looked them up, and then they got ten downloads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on iTunes, the first ten they've got. No, it's oh, funny. whatever. I'm sure if you pull them up on Spotify, their listeners are in the millions and millions. No, I, I, I played around. I dabbled with a Amazon Music membership for a second, and yeah. I'm like. Okay, like Bruce Springsteen Greatest Hits, you know, it's all ranked and stuff. They, by which song's most popular, kind of similar to any ranking you've ever seen, zero to, zero to five, one to five. And I'm like, how? Oh, President of the United States, I looked at up. One song had a rating. It's because they were all tied for first, Chad. <laughs> no, no, no. One song had any rating whatsoever. I'm like, am I like the second person? I'm probably the first person to download the whole album. <laughs> I'm the second person, and it was like, you know, Lump, one of their decent songs had a rating. Yes, that's a good song. Lump sat alone in a boggy marsh, totally motionless, I say for her heart. I love it. Keep going. Mud float up into Lump's pajamas, totally confused all the passing piranhas. All right. So so the presidents of the United States on Spotify, their popular songs are Lump, with 30 million plays. Peaches with 34 Dude, million Peaches plays. Is, Peaches is a very good song. I mean, Peaches is like, it's a, it's timeless. I feel like it's it, timeless. If, if you throw Peaches into any song, it's an instant hit. Because it's only been done twice. Oh. Peaches and Cream. 
both great hits. You just throw peaches in a song. <laughs> I, you got a top I feel 10 like hit. it went up after was it uh, Face Off? Whenever Nicholas Cage's like, I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> I feel like it probably went up after that. People are like songs about peaches. Yes. This has nothing to do with that. Wow, they, uh, they released an album as recent as 2014. Yeah. Didn't, I did not know that. Yeah, know me that. neither. I wonder if it's just the same songs reordered. Yeah. I also enjoy that their picture on Spotify is the three band members, and they snuck Bill Clinton into the photo. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real, he's the third one to the right on Spotify. Bill Clinton and the presidents of the United States. That's awesome. It's kind of cool. That's it. Their only opportunity to get a picture with a president was back during the Clinton administration. That's right. how relevant they've been in the last uh, two decades. Well, it has inspired me to jam that out on the way to work this morning. Yeah. I have it downloaded on Apple. Peaches. I'm not going to lie. It's, yeah. My iTunes. I, I, I downloaded, like, the whole album. And, I, you know, the, the bad thing is I'm not, I don't have it quite set up. I'm kind of new to it, so I don't have, like, my lifting music set up, my my writing music for whenever I ride the razor set up. So I'm just, like, you know, doing bench press, and then all of a sudden it's like, let me tell you about a friend of mine. I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm putting the weights up. Don't forget to use my subscription I shared with you. It's, I, it's I just, free. I, I will. I it will. is free. Uh, Taking the kids to Florida in August. So, on the whole reading or the the music setup, I gotta I gotta tell you my 5K story real quick. I, I always listen to Rage or Corn Radio, something hard. You know, right? You know, <laughs> get, get me through this. Like, and then I I get to the hill at the last hill. And Red Hot Chili Peppers comes on. Take it slow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna walk up this hill. <laughs> like, I, uh, thanks for anti-inspiring me. Anyone, when you're downloading music, do you does your mind just turn into a bag of cats? And you're like, ooh, that's a, ooh, this song, ooh, that song. Oh, and just yeah. like the first three lyrics, you're like, next song, looking it up, next song. Yeah, so I end up with like 75 songs just trying to download two. I'm yeah, with Chad. Um, if I'm like working out and music's important, like, oh yeah, I'm usually you know the guy on the elliptical that's got his <laughs> eyes closed and looks like he's headbanging Nine Inch Nails because I am listening to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, but I'm like all that industrial noise, like it just I do the elliptical to the rhythm. They of tap the, on your shoulder, Mister Barker. Are you having a seizure? Yeah. What's going on? Is is the elliptical broken? <laughs> no, I just I just do you know I just kind of look like Mick Jagger flailing around on an elliptical when I'm listening to Nine Inch Nails. Uh, you look nothing like Mick Jagger. But yeah, if it gets to like a slow song, like yeah, I'm screwed. It's I'm I'm gonna it's time I'm to gonna walk. be gonna be walking that elliptical. Time to walk, bud. So, dude, is it time to discuss our? Number two, boxing movie slash MMA. <laughs> All right. All right. That's exciting, Nit. Lead us off because you're the boxing movie expert. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, so I'm going to have to ask. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to the rock. Dude, you don't want me to lead it off. No. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it, it adds, yeah, like, an, I feel like it adds, like, anti-comedy to this part or so. I don't know. Okay, good. I, I hate to start it off hot with me and Arms hot takes on boxing MMA movies, and then just like you at the top of the hill, with, <laughs> you know, slow it down. You just totally deflate the balloon as it reaches its height. So start it out. Me and Arms will deflate it or will inflate it, 
and and then you know it can soar into the sky like an eagle. I, I don't. I, I feel bad for for doing this, but it's the Rocky where he avenges. No, it can't be the Rocky because you that's my right. number. No, I don't know. Not a good idea. Who does he? Who does he box? I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the Rocky where he avenges Apollo Creed's. Death. Is that, that Rocky That 4? was the same one you picked last episode. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. no. The think, one with the robot. Is that... <laughs> apparently... Still, I'm, still Rocky 4. Is that... Okay, so it's no, not... It's so not Rocky 4. So it's, it's number any, 2 and 3. <laughs> it's any of the other Rockies. Oh, you, you've watched a lot of boxing movies. Okay, so can I go with Rocky where he eats the raw eggs? Is that one <laughs> I or think two? it's all of them. Okay, I, I like that part of the movie. <laughs> like I, seriously, I'm not trying to be difficult or anti-boxing movie. I'm just saying I don't know which one it was. That's good stuff. Okay, that's what I got. Obviously, Chad like skims through channels and hits he's like, TNT every once in a while, and it's Rocky Four every time. Just, and he's like, oh, this is one of my favorite Rockies. He, I, it's like uh, it's a lot like the one I watched yesterday. He's like, I like the Rocky where he's uh, hanging onto the drivetrain of the tank. That, that's that's Rambo. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Rambo. <laughs> I like the Rocky where it's him and all those other former action stars, all kind of dressed in black uh, and berets. That, that's the that's the Expendables. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, but I like that one Rocky where he punches people. Yes, good, good job, Chad. <laughs> Yay, Chad. So my number two boxing good movie job. of all time is Rocky 1 through 3 plus 5. <laughs> Not to give away my, my number one. What the hell are you going to use for number one? That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no series. Uh, don't, don't ruin it. But I'll, I'll tell you, it might be Rocky 4. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> there you go. It was that good. It was that good. <laughs> it, it left a lasting impression on me. All right. Well, yeah, it's a great way to kick it off. Uh, I told you you don't want me to lead it off. Uh, my number three was picked literally because I liked the movie case the most when I looked it up on, on Google. I mean, okay. I, I feel like boxing movies. I'm like, that doesn't look like a Rocky movie, so I'm going with... with how do you pronounce it? Ali? <laughs> God, <laughs> like, Jesus, let's move on. Right. I feel like Chad had, had like snuck a little bit of Disarono in his coffee this morning or something. All right, All right go ahead. Good times. All I'm right. going to throw our first MMA uh, inclusion into the mix. My number two boxing slash MMA movie is the one where people fight. No, it is... <laughs> It is Warrior, the MMA movie Warrior with Tom Hardy. Uh, it's freaking good. Like, it's just freaking good. Tom Hardy walks into the ring, and he basically just melees people with a punch or two and is a complete bad, bad man. And then, you know, at the end, it, it's all it's all about family drama. You know, him and his brother haven't spoken in a long time, and somehow in the end of the movie, magically they fight. And it's one of the best fights ever put to film. It's okay. a great movie. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen that. You have to. And I'm a, I'm a big Tom Tom, uh, Tom Hardy. <laughs> I'm a child. Tom Hardy fan. I, I like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's pretty cool. He's yeah. he's good in just about everything he does. But yeah, it's definitely one worth watching. Yeah, I'm, it's awesome. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'll have to look that one up. Hopefully, it's on uh, Netflix. 
So it used to be number one for me, or number two, excuse me. Oh, skip into the next episode. This guy so excited. I'm gonna go with the original Rocky. I mean, it's an absolutely great. Another one where you whoa, takes. Whoa, whoa. There, there's one other than Rocky One. <laughs> there's Rocky Original. <laughs> no, Chad. No. Gosh. Anyhow, um, it just a huge underdog story. I mean, the the guy comes out of you know just basically obscurity, toiled around his hometown, never really did anything, and then they're like, you know what? Um, we need someone to fight the greatest fighter in the world. Hey, random Italian guy. Who's you know four inches shorter than everybody? You you want to you want to take a shot? Oh yeah, well nobody else is taking him serious except for himself. He believes in himself. He puts in the work and you know takes it to the limit. I think that might be one of the songs. <laughs> to the in limit. It. Take it to the limit. That's another thing Chad can add. Like I like uh, my favorite uh, that Rocky movie where he's uh, the underdog. The one with the eye of the tiger in it. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I mean, just it is. It's a very good movie. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. At this point, if I'm spoiling it for you, I don't really care. It's been out for 37 years. He loses. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to put spoiler alerts. You he, know, if you were born any time after 1979, spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy loses, and it's such a good story. Just to say, all right, you worked your butt off, and you got to this point. Like, that's huge. You put yourself on the map, even with a loss. I feel, I feel like that's that, why it what the script wasn't bought up. We talked about that in the last episode. Maybe it didn't have that feel-good ending that people, or, or you know, movie execs thought people would yeah, want it. Well, but that's exactly what the, the Rocky series needed. That's probably what took it off. I mean, right. up to that point, pretty much everything else was, oh, the heartwarming story, guy... You know, meets his goals and went. You know, gets the girl and wins everything. No, yeah, if he'd have won, there wouldn't have been much reason for Rocky too. Exactly, exactly. What happened to Rocky Lo- too? I he, think he beats Creed. He he was a very smart man. He was a very smart man because he knew he had a second script on deck. He's like, let's just see how this one goes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna make way more money. And then after the first two, you get your revenge. You open it up to like, well, let's go, Mister T, in the next one. And then let's go with a big Russian in the next one. And then let's fight in the street with someone cool, like, with a cool name like Tommy Gunn. And it just it opens up possibilities. And in the future, it's going to be him versus Adam from Real Steel. Nice. I, I'll, I'd watch With it. Hugh Jackman at the controls. Or Hugh Jackson, I should say. <laughs> yeah, you listened to it, and it was Hugh oh, Jackson. Yeah. You were right. I, I, I must be the wrong one. I, I almost uh, sent you the second mark whenever it happened. I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do that. He'll uh, listen. You so, serious question. Was the ri- original Rocky, was it called Rocky 1? Or no. was it, okay. It was just Rocky. He, he didn't have that much confidence in the rest of the series. <laughs> I, I mean, saying, like, he had never wrote a movie before. Oh, so, no. If I ever write a movie, I'm going to name it whatever one. <laughs> just expect it the life and times of chad niddle part one <laughs> part one published goes all the way through the end of his life he's like yeah but and at the end of part one he gets almost gets to the top of the hill and the red hot chili peppers come on <laughs> and then it cuts to credits <laughs> it's, like, it's the worst letdown of all time no yeah. it's like having that celine dion song from titanic come yeah. on as you're getting around oh yeah it's over <laughs> So, we should make a video of us making basketball shots to that song. Or maybe, it would be a very, very long video if you counted all my misses. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Could I have included like a non-boxing movie that had boxing parts in this? Probably not. No. Oh, but but okay. what but what, what did you have in mind? Snatch. You ever seen Ooh. Yeah. the the bare knuckle? Bo- I mean, yeah. What? That is the hardest movie to understand. Great movie. Oh no, it's a great movie. It's but, going back a ways. But to the, the was it uh, Pikey accent they had? Yeah. Yeah, like dogs. You like dogs? Dogs. Oh yes, I like dogs. <laughs> yeah. Not not to go on a tangent. I, I had to ask because I'd have to totally rewrite my top three. So I'm glad you said no. Because <laughs> yeah. it would have totally changed about the entirety of my top three. Okay. It's like it's like taking any movie that happens to have a boxer in it. You know. Well, there there was a boxing. Pulp Fiction right? is my favorite boxing movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis does some great ring work. Uh, Both minutes. How about uh, Snake Eyes? Is that a boxing movie? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was in a, the crowd at a boxing match at the beginning of the movie. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's a boxing movie, right? Boxing movie. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Yep, yep. They right. shut down the boxing. Like I, I could have went. <laughs> I, so I'm sure that's what boxing is now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank right. you for that. It's the people with the gloves and the shorts. Punch yeah. each other. So, so chunky. If I was ever a professional boxer, I would ask to wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, uh, can I wear a shirt in the ring, please? And then you'd face Butterbean shirtless, and you'd be like, what the hell, guys? Like, why does he get to not did, wear did, a shirt, but I have to wear a shirt? <laughs> Whenever you're growing up, obviously you watched Better Bean dominate the terrible boxing series. Absolutely. I mean, that guy had his waistband to his nipples. Like, <laughs> oh, low blows. Like, I hit him in the belly button. That was a rib shot. Come on. I mean, that's not a low blow. He literally was the real life King Hippo from yeah. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hit him in the belly button. Take him down. All right. All right. All right. Chad, anything else to add to (laughs) boxing and MMA movies? Your insight is so enlightening. I did Wikipedia Warrior. It's It's a good good movie. Got a cool movie poster. Yeah. It's got got a great cover of the video, so I'm going to go rent it. Yeah. There we go. Run on down to a blockbuster near you and grab a copy. (laughs) <laughs> you got me i i have no more no more take not that i had anything to begin with all right so we're gonna kick it off we did some busts last week which went super, super negative episode yeah. but 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 it was good i listened to it <laughs> i smell my own brand uh, but but now we're gonna bring you some sleepers deep sleepers and breakouts because we want to be positive we want to shed light on wonderful players that may have uh, had boxing in their past career. Okay. Hey, my my first one. You want me to kick off quarterbacks? Let's do it. Breakout? Breakout. Dude, it's easy. Guys, <sighs> guys got kind of a boxing name if you think about it. Uh-oh. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's my breakout, dude. I mean, not a, not a hard one to see coming <laughs> or a hard one to defend, but Jimmy G is going to break out as a top 10 quarterback this year. Everything's – the Kyle Shanahan offense is right there, ready to go. He's – you could say he's inexperienced, but he's been playing behind Tom Brady, learning the game, learning how to win at the NFL level. And his small sample size with nothing – nothing more than – nothing less than great last year. I mean, when the when you look at the numbers, when you look at the wins, 
that the 49ers had while he was at the at the helm of that offense, Jimmy G is going to be an elite quarterback next year. And you can draft him around uh, probably around 10. So why not? Great value there. My, my QB breakout is Mitchell Trubisky. Boo. I, don't, I don't expect quite the breakout that Carson Wentz had in year two. But uh, I expect something close to it. I think he's got the tools and the weapons. And I expect Mitchell Trubisky to be a lock for a top 15 QB finish in Dynasty. You guys are missing the biggest breakout candidate, period. There's a lot of a lot of people like him. Patty Ice, baby. I love Patty Ice. Patty I've Ice drafted him everywhere. He finished the season with 15.86 points. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing, I mean, nothing but yeah. up from here. Coming out of... Uh, a lot of you know expected good things out of him has the best quarterback coach in the NFL, and honestly, far and away, Andy Reid can you know whisper to the to anybody and make him better. Just think about what he's done with kind of inferior talent at times. But if you want to call Alex Smith inferior talent, but, I mean can, not. But elite what did he, talent, what did he ever do production wise? Winner, yes, but production wise, until last no. year. And, I mean, the year before he did well, but last year, really, he took it to the next level. So, you add, I hate the guy. I do hate him. But, Jad, uh, you know, a deep ball threat like Sammy Watkins. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. It, this thing's set up for him to be an absolute monster. It would not shock me if Patty Ice finished around quarterback seven this year. He's a lock at the top ten. Wouldn't absolute stone-cold lock at top ten. Kind of depends on it if he if he does accept the checkdown. Like it, I think what Kansas City fans don't want to see is a ton of checkdowns because that's what they got used to. That that was the knock late in the season last year on Alex Smith was he wasn't taking any deep threats. I don't think you'll have. I don't think Patty Ice is going to have to do that. Pat Mahomes is going to force the ball downfield, and that's great. But he does have to be smart and get some completions to Kareem Hunt. Get the ball in Kareem Hunt's hand. Get it in Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's hands short every now and again. Just throw that different flavor other than just throwing the ball 15-plus yards down the field. I think, his, I think his season is a little bit dependent on that maturity of him being able to check down. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of these lesser-known receivers, he's got Chris Conley, DeMarcus Robinson, or, yeah, DeMarcus Robinson, they're going to – one of those guys is going to show up and really kind of shock you on – What's happening, you know, I don't think Sammy Watkins is the answer to be, you know, a 1,500-yard receiver. I think Tyreek Hill could be. But I think, you know, you see Watkins around 700, one of those guys around 700 yards, you know, and plenty of touchdowns to go around because it's it's a good all-around team. Yeah, if you have Tyreek approaching the 1,400, 1,500-yard mark, you got you got Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey combining for another 1,500 yards, yeah. and then you know you're going to get 500 out of – out of uh, I mean, Kelsey should go for over a grand on his own. Yeah, uh, I I think Sammy can put up seven fifty this year. Yeah, well, right there, that's thirty two hundred yards. You toss in Kareem Hunt five hundred. I mean, you're looking at thirty. You're looking at him approaching four thousand yards. It, it's dependent. On, we're saying a lot out of Tyreek Hill going to fifteen hundred yards. I mean, that's. I mean, even, it is what it, it's it, averaging a hundred yards receiving a game. Can he do it? Yeah, I think yeah. he's one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. I think you're going to see games to where the number three or four receiver ends up having fantasy relevance. It's probably not someone you're going to start, but, I mean... 60-yard games. Yeah, I mean, look at them for your bye week fill-ins because they should be cheap. Yeah. And yeah. real quick, to touch back on Trubisky, kind of the same thing. They add Allen Robinson. Uh, they add Trey Burton. Adam Shaheen going into year two. They might run some, you know, quite a few two tight end, 
you know, might have some plays drawn up for both of those guys. Uh, Tariq Cohen supposedly going to get used the right way uh, by new the new head coach there in Chicago. So there's there's a lot of things unfolding in Chicago as well that points to Mitchell Trubisky being successful. I think he showed enough last year, uh, basically just by not bombing out completely. Like he showed, you know, some really good passing skills. He showed some leadership, and I expect him to take that year to leap. Uh, because of the weapons they've put around him. That's what I was going to say. The difference Anthony is, Miller. Can't forget about Anthony Miller. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a legit threat. I think Anthony Miller's the key. If he comes out and shows NFL knowledge, able to pick up that playbook from day one of his rookie year, that's huge for not only Anthony Miller, but Mitchell Trubisky, the whole offense, the whole team as a whole. But uh, the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky is that year. I would put Patrick Mahomes having a bigger ceiling, yes. long term. But yes. Mitchell Trubisky, I, I would I would put my floor. money safer, safer floor in 2018. And then my guy Jimmy Garoppolo, the, I just like the, the the knowledge that he has, like the moxie he brings, old school moxie he brings back to the game. Not the greatest talent out of the three uh, quarterbacks we named. Probably the 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 worst supporting cast. You could say, or at least the most, the least exciting supporting cast. So, we want to go to running backs. Do you have a breakout candidate, Nit? You know, I almost feel. I'm going to go ahead and say I. I feel like, and I'm going to defend it hard because a lot of people really were high on this guy, and then not so much. Derrick Henry. I love the pairing of Derrick Henry. With Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel is going to bring that ball control offense because you know he's going to be defensive-minded. Defensive-minded coaches like ball control, and that's what Derrick Henry's all about. I think he's going to get force-fed the ball enough where he goes over 1,000 yards rushing. If he just kicks in 30 receptions, you know he's going to get the ball in the end zone. He should probably get another 100 yards out of this 30 receptions. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I think he can be their, he's going to be their bell cow. He can take the workload. Get a thousand yards rushing, kick in the few receptions. I understand he's he they have the change of pace back in place, but he's going to get a few receptions here throughout the year. Thirty receptions, another two hundred fifty yards, something like that. But I think he could go ten touchdowns this year, easy, easy, because he's going to get the ball on the goal line, and he'll probably kick in a couple receiving touchdowns too. I think Derrick Henry goes from, you know, that guy you always wanted to break out. This is year he actually does. Even and not in a three down roll, not in a three down roll, but in a prime lead back role. I, I like the pairing of Derrick Henry and a Mike Vrabel. I say Mike Vrabel offense. He's never had an offense, but in a on a Mike Vrabel team, a ball control team. One thing I will say about Derrick Henry is I think that if he does, I still don't see him being a four yard per carry guy. I think it is going to have to be dependent a lot on volume so you know over 300 carries this season i think he gets the the carry volume that's what i'm saying i think he's going to get the ball in his hand he's going to tote the rock this year because marcus Mariota is not what everyone he hasn't hit the ceiling i don't think he'll ever hit the ceiling that was placed on him let's put it that way trying to be nice he's not a bad quarterback i don't think he's a bad quarterback nfl wise just not a fantasy relevant quarterback and never will be but i i think he can get 250 attempts That'll put him over the 1,000-yard mark. That's right at your four yards of carry. I think he'll go under four yards of carry. I, I figure if, if uh, Henry breaks 1,000 yards, he's going to have to be closer to 300. 
Three hundred carry, and you know what? Body type. He's got it to. He's got body type to handle that that kind of workload. I don't know about for five years, but I think he can definitely do it for this year. If Tennessee's in a lot of games, especially winning a lot of games, he's going to pick up thirty to forty yards in the fourth quarter alone. Oh yeah, icing and, games. And one thing about him is, if you're giving him the volume, you are very limiting the potential mistakes for Marks Mariota. Bingo, and that that's what I expect. That's what I expect about that the offensive mindset of the Tennessee Titans in 2018. If Marcus Mariota is finally going to be what he's supposed to be, it has to be because Derrick Henry opens up the passing game for him. Kind of the reverse yeah. of what we're seeing in the NFL. Now, I will day. tell you on the opposite side of it, if you have Derrick Henry and you can find someone who you know is a true believer, I'm selling him right now. Also selling. Not saying he won't break out, but I'm selling too. Hey, I mean – the hype was real for Derrick Henry. The hype was, you know, people talking about him being a top ten back, and I, I don't see that in him. I, I suppose it's possible, but it, at the end of the day, I don't see it in him. But, hey, anything could happen. Hey, it's your breakout candidate, I'm not, not mine. Everyone's for sale, whether you actually think Derrick Henry's going to break out or not. He's for sale. I mean, if his value is at an all-time high, you sell. So, I, I, just, yeah. like, just like Patty Mahomes. Like, if I had, you know – Nitz Trubisky and Patty Mahomes, and then maybe a veteran. Maybe I had Roethlisberger and stashed Mason Rudolph on my taxi squad. Mahomes' value is high, and if I needed you know, a different position, a different starter, like Mahomes is a good sell-high candidate as well, even though I love him. But Everyone's for selling fantasy football. You can't have any allegiances. Uh, Everyone has their price. Yeah. So who's yours? Give me your breakout, Bart. My breakout running back is Corey Clement of Philadelphia. I really wanted to go him, but I knew you were you were going to. Good, good. Uh, Jay Ajayi, I'm I'm uh, I, I like the way Jay Ajayi runs. He runs hard. He runs long. He runs hard. He runs fast. But I don't I don't think he's a long term fixture. I think he's a I think he's going to have a short career. I think he's going to be kind of a you know I don't want to say one and done because he's kind of already had one big season, but. I'm just not buying it. I, I'm I want somebody that catches the ball out of the backfield that has the ability to run the ball up the middle and to the outside. And I think Corey Clement is going to surprise everyone this year, and at some point during the season, I think he's going to take that starting job away from Jai. I don't know if it may be due to injury, ineffectiveness, or just that attitude that Jai supposedly brings to the table. But I like Corey Clement. He's, he's put in a, an offseason of nothing but work. Go follow him on the social media. He's worked his tail off this offseason, and I think he's gunning for that top job. I mean, if you, if you really, if you look at it, Ajayi kind of is a one-and-done guy. I mean, he's done it. What, is, what does Philadelphia have invested in him? Fourth-rounder? Fourth-rounder. They've got some money, but it's the fourth-round draft pick that matters to these teams, right? That money's irrelevant. A lot of people pay backup running backs way too much money. Well, they have nothing invested in Corey Clement, though. Exactly. But, you know, you, Corey Clement could make J.H.I. irrelevant. It could make him yeah. disposable. It could make him them try to get a fourth rounder out of him partway through the season. Well, if you look at the, traje- the trajectory of Corey Clement, they had nothing in him. And, there, you know, if, if all teams truly are based off draft capital, there's really no reason for this guy to make the team. Because they drafted Donnell Pumphrey. I know he got hurt, but... Corey Clement made the team, started getting carries as soon as week three, 
And giving mm-hmm. a guy six to ten carries a game, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's relevant. That's relevant. That's, yeah. that's saying that's it's almost saying he's my you, number two. Yeah, that's frustrating if you're an owner of the head, the lead back on any team where they're giving away six to ten carries a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ran for 50-plus yards in weeks eight and nine. And we all know what happened in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. He kind of shined through as an, an integral piece of that team. He didn't have a breakout game, but – his role became more defined in the playoffs, and I think they like what they have in Clement. I think they like what they have in both of them. Ajay, like, Can't blame I, them. Like, and I think I, I'm with you. I think he could be a breakout. I think he could have fantasy relevance, especially in PPR leagues. I think it's going to be a pure timeshare running back by committee there. But in this, hey, in today's game, it's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you're getting production. I mean, the, the bottom line is you got to get production. You can't have a running back by committee what the jets are going to have where no one gives you anything each week I you mean, mean you're wait arms your like, breakouts not isaiah crowell it's like running back by the pta not really a committee yeah i yeah. mean that's, that's default that's, running back by default rbbd yeah <laughs> running back by default of isaiah the one crowell. thing i worry about with clement is a lot of people have, and they've done this for years. Just look look around the league. How many teams have two, you know, what you would consider good tight ends coming out of college? They look at the Patriots, see how the Patriots Patriots succeeded, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. Patriots have succeeded for years with basically a running back by committee. And the worry is that even if it's not JHIA in the future, that it's going to be somebody else that is leeching away carries, and you don't know who is going to be the lead back week to week. Clement could break out. I don't, I you know, wouldn't say that the Eagles are committed to saying no. We're going to run two or three running backs every week if they have someone who's really shining. But look at how the Patriots have been doing it, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles are like, well, we'll just keep him fresh, right? You know, we'll get him 700 yards rushing and you know plenty of receptions, but we want to keep him fresh. That could be a breakout in fantasy if he got 700 yards and and 50 some receptions. I mean, we're talking. That'd probably be a top fifteen finish, to be honest, in PPR four. Right, yeah, and that's pretty Depending much what I'm. Touchdown. That's pretty much what I'm calling for. I mean, by no means am I saying Clement will be a thousand yard rusher. I think he's got any balls. I think he does too. But I mean, I running think, back two. Yeah, I think seven hundred yards and fifty receptions is not out of the question. Bingo. So I'll give you the, one of the biggest disappointments from last year for what you would have had to pay for him. Finished at number thirty four. Isaiah. Cr- oh no, he. I think Crowell finished above him, uh-huh. but Joe Mixon. The unquestioned lead back at this point, okay? So, yeah, they picked up the Walton kid at Miami, and they've still got Gio Bernard. Yeah. But Mixon has better vision. He's a harder runner. He's harder to bring down. He's not going down typically on first contact. You know, you get a few things clicking, maybe a little bit of improvement on that offensive line, and all of a sudden Joe Mixon, you know, goes from 626 yards and, you know, two total touchdowns to probably over a thousand. I mean, I sincerely believe he's got over a thousand in him. There was a lot of clamor a couple of years ago about he's the best running back coming out, the best true all-around running back coming out of that draft class. And honestly, he did nothing. You know, complete disappointment for what you would have had to pay for him. But you know, a lot of people are going to be down on him right now. Is the time to buy. You should be able to get him fairly cheap. I'm not going to say you're going to get him for C.J. Anderson cheap, but not much more. Yeah, I mean, Joe. I, actually, I think Joe Mixon has high value right now. I mean, if you're going to 
place a price tag on a, a, a second year guy. I think Joe Mixon is right up there. I mean, the the I've got a good example when you're done. Yeah, well, I was just going to say the opportunities in front of him to grasp that lead role again. G, they're going they they re-signed Geo, right? I mean, they yeah. re-signed they've recommitted to Geo. They they know what they have in him, which is a great change of pace, third down back, and now they can give the ball to Joe Mixon. You know, hopefully 225, 250 times in 2018. Let's see what he does with it. I mean, Jeremy Hill got 800 yards off of that. I think Joe Mixon is is a better running back just in general and and can go over 1,000 yards based on that those attempts. I mean, if you're trying to buy him, I'll give you some ammunition as to to why, you know, someone's going to overvalue him. If you give him all of the carries that Jeremy Hill had, or if, excuse me, you add in the Jeremy Hill production from last year, you're only adding in 116 yards. I mean, right. if someone's like, well, no, he's going to get, you know, the Jeremy Hill. No, that's that was 116 more yards. Let's say you, you do have a 740-yard back. So no big, Who cares? That's nothing relevant whatsoever. But Mixon's going to do more with that. Yeah. How many attempts did, did Mixon even have last 178. year? 178. 178. And, and they gave the ball, I know for a fact, they gave the ball, Jeremy Hill, his first three seasons in, in Cincy, 222 times, 223 times, 222 times. That's how it went. Bam, bam, bam. You give him 50 more rushing attempts next year with another year of experience, I think Joe Mixon could explode into the top 10, right around 10. But he could be a significant piece to a fantasy football team. You've got someone with top 10 upside with not top 10 price. Not even top 15 price. I believe that as well. But I want to give you an example of how many in the fantasy community see him as a breakout. There's two guys, actually. Two names. And in a recent auction draft I participated in, my first one ever. It was a lot of fun. Uh, So the top couple backs off the board, you got your Gurley, your Zeke. Kamara, Saquon Barkley. The next running back off the board, well, David Johnson. Dalvin Cook was the next running back off the board. Joe Mixon right behind him. So you've got Dalvin Cook and Mixon falling behind David Johnson and the rest of the elite crew at running back. Yeah, the opportunity. There's high expectation. Expectation and opportunity is right there. That, Went ahead of Kareem ins- Hunt. That's insane to me. But, but that, I know. That, that's a that's got to be a Bengals fan. Ahead, no. No, no Bengals that fans is, in this league. Ahead of Kareem Hunt, ahead of Le'Veon Bell. Now, granted, it's an auction draft. It, it doesn't work the same way as a regular draft. Like, you know, you nominate, instead of, like, getting the first overall pick, you nominate a player for bid, and you bid the first dollar, and it goes up from there. So, I mean. You're saying the value I'm mixing. The value is what He's one of the highest values among all the running backs in the league. Yeah, people so are going pay- after him. Are they paying more for him? Yeah, no, or was he? Yeah, just the number you know five guy off. Forty four bucks for Joe Mixon in the auction draft that just Jesus happened. Cream Hunt at forty three, Le'Veon Bell at forty two. Well, that's first yeah, of all well, that, that's that insanity. Yeah, that, that's that's just someone getting auction fever or something. Well, that's multiple people getting auction fever because the bid increments. I mean, you could put in a bid like that, but I mean that was the whole league bidding him up and somebody finally saying I'll go 44 and no more. I feel like, you know, Le'Veon and Kareem went earlier. Basically they get nominated. That's how this auction dress. You kind of go ADP. Here's here's they they went for 43, they went for 42 and then later on Mixon comes up and two guys are like crap. I ain't got a running back. No, I ain't Mi- got a Mixon running back. Mixon came up before those guys. Mixon. 
Yeah. But, but, but see, you can nominate anyone. You I could nominate Tyler Irvin out of Houston. Exactly. And, you know. It, and try to get somebody to bid a couple bucks. Ooh. Yeah, try oh. to find someone's man crush on there and say, all right, I'm going to toss this guy out yeah. here. And I nominated all guys I did not want. I'm like, ooh, Marcus Mariota, let me throw him up here and, and you know. Get someone to waste their money. Exactly. Get somebody to sap their savings. All right. Uh, I feel so robbed of myself. I mean, right? <laughs> I can't. I can't believe that. That one's nuts to me. People love mixing. I'm one of them. So I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go. You know what? I don't know. I don't love mixing that much, but I, I mean, I get the hype for him. I mean, I, 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 I think it. he could be a top ten back. There's a lot of there's a lot of backs that you could play. I'll pay the top fifteen top. prices for Joe Mixon, but I'm not paying top seven prices for Joe Mixon. If you have him, are you selling him? At top fifteen prices, or are you just going to keep him and hope, or, or do you want top seven price for him? <laughs> right. I mean, obviously it's me. I want top five price for him. <laughs> but, Arms gold. I mean, Arms gold. Here's the thing: if you've got him, keep him because you probably paid a lot to get him. True. And you're not going to recover that value. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible, but I, I keep him. I keep him. Why? Why let go? He has the potential to be, you know, a, a top seven back. I, so I I agree with that. Wide receiver breakouts. All right, wide brought rec- to you by Valtrex. Yeah, wide receiver. Man, I I searched and searched for the old what third year wide receiver rule, and I just didn't have one that I was comfortable with. I, I, I'm I with you, and I'm going to look at another guy that has a, a massive opportunity uh, in front of him due to due to an unfortunate off season injury to the tight end, and I'm going to go. Big Mike Williams, the first-round draft pick, the first E-M-W. receiver. Yeah, the first receiver off the board in last year's draft. The opportunity – he's healthy now. They say he looks good in, in OTAs and minicamp. Uh, Mike Williams has a huge opportunity. Keenan Allen's going to be the lead r- wide receiver in San Diego. I think Mike Williams has a role where he can get to 800 yards in front of him next year. Because Hunter Henry's down, they're going to replace him with – you know, who, who who knows? I mean, they could re-sign Antonio Gates. They could go with Virgil Green. They we could don't bring, know. They could bring in T.O. Yeah, they might. But that they are void of receiving threats on that team outside of Keenan Allen. I mean, Phillip Rivers throws the ball around the field, and someone's got to catch it. It ain't going to be Keenan Allen every single time. And I think if Keenan Allen – Keenan Allen's a 1,500-yard lock receiver. I know that's big. But I think he's going to get back to that. Mike Williams can kick in 800 yards, but have a breakout year and, and kind of, uh, you know, restore some of that loss 2017. A lot of people, capital. as you guys said, I believe last episode or the episode before, there's a lot of people that soured on that draft class, that yeah. wide receiver class. And, and not every wide receiver is going to be a superstar from from year one. Yeah, but I mean, exactly. But especially if they've been injured, right? Preseason injury or week one, whatever it was. Mike Williams never really had a chance to take off. You know, he even got in, re-injured halfway through the year. I mean, a back issue is a major thing, and it could linger. I mean, it could be like the Kevin White effect, and just that's how it's going to go his entire short career is just injury, injury, injury. But I, he looks healthy. He looks good. I think the guy could be the, the number two receiving threat in San Diego on a team that likes to throw the ball around. Oh, loves to. I should be a GM because isn't T.O. just a great fit at tight end for the San Diego Chargers? <laughs> T.O. at T.E.? He just ran a 4-4 yesterday. Did he really? Yeah. Jesus he, went on, he went on the herd, and him and Colin Coward, they argued over whether he could still play in the league. And Colin's just like, you're 44. And T.O.'s like, so what? 
so what? He's like, I'm 44. He's like, I can still run a 4-5-40. He's like, I, I know how to play the game, so what if I'm 44? He's like, I'm not saying play me 90% of the snaps. I was, you mean so, a situational Would guy. he be the first person in history to actually be in the Hall of Fame yes. and play? Yes. I feel like there's something that you've signed to get into the Hall of Fame that says you can't do that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think... Once you get in the Hall of Fame, it's like, all right, you're too old to play. We're going to put you in the Hall. And T.O.'s just that kind of guy. It's like, all right, I want to play now. <laughs> They're going to have to scratch off all his stats from his yeah. from his face statue. Oh, <laughs> like a revamp. That's probably what he's going for. <laughs> I mean, they're not, it's is. not going to happen. He's been trying to get back into the league every single year, I think, since he retired. But. Yeah, I, I, have, I don't think there's any legitimacy to the story but whatsoever. San Diego, if you hear me, sign T.O. to play tight end. He'd Give be, it a shot. I mean, he'd be the move tight end. I don't think he can block. We we saw that over his career. <laughs> Put T.O. Like, in the slot. Uh, oh, running oh, I'm, I'm about to block his cornerback. Oh, I whiffed. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Oopsie. The guy doesn't want to make contact across the middle. That's why he's out of the league. He got gator arms. <laughs> Sorry, Phillip. All right. My, uh, my, my breakout wide receiver. We can't forget to do some sleepers. My breakout wide receiver, a... Uh, Relative of Nat King Cole, not really, that's a lie. Uh, Keelan Cole of the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Jacksonville, but I have the Barker gut feeling. The Barker gut feeling. So he's wrong. The BGF. I've got the BGF for Keelan Cole. (laughs) I believe this is the year. Well, he's only been in the league for a year, so it's not like he's been waiting to break out. But he came on strong at the end of last season. I don't see anyone on Jacksonville's roster. I mean, Marquise Lee has already had his breakout, and I don't see him going above what he's already done. Yeah, he's, he's hit his ceiling. Right. D.D. Westbrook, I think if he's a breakout, it's a year three breakout. I think Keelan Cole, there was times last season where Keelan Cole was the number one at the end of the season. He was the most targeted. He was the most reliable. And he showed flashes of possible greatness. Yes, I said it. Possible greatness. Keelan Cole... Book him this season for a thousand yards. If you got him cheap in your startups, rejoice, do backflips, and sing some Nat King Cole, Keelan Cole. Also, do a little prayer. Say a little prayer, Blake Bortles <laughs> can, continue, can continue to to progress it at, ah, at quarterback. You don't necessarily I mean, have to. Progress. He had about the slowest quarterback progression I've ever seen. He's it's like out of bad, a constant starter. Bad. <laughs> Bad. There you go. Yeah. Okay. We see what you're doing there, Blake. He's that old KC situation where Blake Bortles can make one fantasy relevant wide receiver. I'm not one total. You could use, you know, you could spot start those other guys, but. Like Marquise Lee is going to be a borderline wide receiver three, more of a bye week guy. Yeah. Bortles will make. Bortles can produce 1,000 yard receiver. And I think it's Cole. Okay. So, speaking of 1,000-yard receivers, this guy's not going to go for 1,000. All right. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to be an absolute monster just catching the ball. He's probably going to break 80 reception this year. If you just take the numbers from last year and we just double them, basically. It's Trent Taylor. Trent, Trent Taylor, Taylor had 43 receptions for 430 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, if you look basically after week seven, he the worst he does is – Miss one thrown ball at him a game. Yeah. Okay? So he goes five for five, three for three, two for three, two for three, six for six, you know, two for three, 
four for five. I mean, that's what his numbers look like. Whenever he gets targets, he catches them. Tiny guy. He's 5'8", 175. He's basically Tariq Cohen. You know, yeah. he's he's a little guy playing out of the slot. But I've said this before. Jimmy Garoppolo comes from that system to where those are the people that they're depending on, those short, get-open type guys. Bingo. And that's what Trent Taylor is. So if we double his numbers and say it's 86 receptions and 860 yards for four touchdowns, Ooh. Uh, you're, you've got a lot of fantasy relevance right there. I could see him, honestly, I could see him breaking a 1,000 yards. I mean, you had, you had Dante Pettis on that team. You've got Pierre Garcon on that team, Kittle down the middle. You've got a lot of talent around him. Someone's going to go unaccounted for. And a lot of times it's going to be the small guy. We've seen it with Amendola. We've seen it with Edelman. A lot of players like that. that going back just, to Wes Welker, Wes that, Welker. That's the pedigree. Those small, get open. I mean, honestly, even Tariq Cohen. The get-open guys, that's what Trent Taylor – and, man, he started making connections with Jimmy Graham towards the end of the year. Instantly. Yeah. Because it, it, Jimmy wasn't playing yeah. all year. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. But it's only going to get better, and he's only going to get better. And, you know, he finished way, way, way down the wide receiver rankings. Keep an eye on him. Buy him for cheap. The most important thing out of a slot receiver is what you just said, converting targets into catches. You know, your big body receivers on the outside going down the field, you're expecting them to have like a 50 to 60% catch percentage on, on attempts thrown targets. On your slot guys, you have to catch the ball when it's thrown your way because you're getting the ball three to five yards off the line. You got to convert those into catches. And that's what he's shown. If anything, he proved – his value to that team, he proved his value within that type of offense. Yeah, and the the other, you know, other than uh, Kittle, the other guys just it was a, a like a revolving door of who was playing on the outside. I mean, there was injuries, and you know, it, he's just going to get better and more consistent. Sadly, Trent Taylor was <laughs> the, the the most steady receiver on that team. Yeah. Maybe not from a playing time aspect all year long. He actually played all year long. The more of a dude combining the deep sleeper there a little bit, a little bit. Oh, I got but a different I'll, deep sleeper. Our deep sleepers will be quick hits. Let's go tight ends. Breakout tight end. Knit. Are you going to steal Armses, or do you have something else in mind? No, I. I mean, we kind of answered this question if you in the in the Q and A. Terrell Owens, obviously. <laughs> Terrell Owens going to the Chargers. Tight Love end, it. reclassified as a tight end. Uh, no, I. You know what? I'm just going to stick to who I said last time. I'm not going to go too deep into this. I think Austin Hooper has a uh, – again, I'm talking opportunity. Austin Hooper has a chance to have a breakout season. Not a top five, not putting him up there with Evan Ingram and Gronk and Kelsey and all them, but someone you can start week in, week out. That's what I'm looking at uh, at a breakout tight end. I think Austin Hooper's a guy you could can start week in, week out in a 12-man team. So top 12 guy, and you get him extremely – Extremely cheap, borderline nothing. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with what I said in the Q and A. Austin Hooper for about 60 receptions, 800 yards, and six touchdowns. Big year out of someone coming out of nowhere. Austin Hooper. I'm gonna go with something that could be considered a deep sleeper as well. But to me, a deep sleeper isn't designated as a starter on his team. My breakout tight end is a first year starter, assuming nothing happens. They, the draft has already happened. Free agency's come and gone. Uh, so outside of this team signing Antonio Gates or, you know, a veteran to come in, Seattle, Nick Vanette, tied in. He's starting. He's 
a lot like Corey Clement. He's put in an offseason full of work preparing for this starting role. And he he showed something at the end of the season. I mean, he's, his target share doubled. Granted, that's from one to two. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, if we, if we keep his trajectory, he'll hey, be at like 400 receptions in 10 years. Hey, it does it, Austin it, Hooper, and you're looking at me funny. Then you know, go with a guy with two receptions. I know. No, he, uh, you know, he did not have, I mean, he went from three receptions in 16, quadrupled that to 12 <laughs> in 17. And I expect. The 12 to quadruple into 48 this year. God, you're an embellishing. A true breakout. No, I actually really do think that Nick Vanette, there's nobody to throw the ball to in Seattle. You have Doug Baldwin. Uh, Brandon Marshall signed with Seattle, but okay. Um, he hasn't been relevant for a year or two now, and I don't right. expect that to change. Uh, Mara Darbo is a deep sleeper. I won't mention him as mine since I did it now, but Darbo is a deep sleeper. But that's a deep sleeper. Vanette is there. Uh, I think he could possibly be number two in the pecking order of targets from Russell Wilson. A deep sleeper is someone who has to, like, leap a couple guys in the depth chart. Boom. These breakout guys have opportunity in front of them. Right in front of them. They they literally have to uh, screw it up. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) this guy, you can't become the starter by default all the time. I know that Jimmy Graham is gone. But that happened early. They could have went out and got someone in free agency. They could have drafted a guy. They didn't. They're rolling with Nick Vanette, and I think there's a reason why. I think he's put in the work, earned the job, and I think he'll reward him. Well, we all know my affinity for Kittle. Just to throw this out here, very similar, you know, last five, six games, misses one at worst two balls in a game. Targets, his catch percentage is astronomical. He's going to get a lot of targets, but that's not who I'm going to go with. Oh, whoa, curveball. Is this the the arms episode where he drinks the raw eggs? It's not super athlete David Njoku. Uh, This is getting interesting. It's going to be Trey Burton, guys. Okay. Speaking Mm. of having an opportunity Mm. in front of him. (laughs) Really? All right. Go ahead. We're Shaheen guys over here. If if you look at what Trey Burton did whenever he actually got some target shares, nothing super exciting, but... Seven targets. You got four receptions, 42 yards. More exciting than Nick Vanette? Yeah. Uh, when he had six uh, targets, he had five receptions, 72 yards, and two touchdowns. More exciting than Nick Vanette. So the guy's a, mm-hmm. he's a good tight end. He's talented. Better now, than Nick Vanette. Now he's got an opportunity to actually have the starting role. He doesn't have Just Zach, like Nick Vanette. <laughs> he doesn't have Zach Ertz in front of him. Right. Neither and does Nick Vanette. He, he has Adam Shaheen in front of him. No, he has Adam Shaheen on the other side of him. <laughs> I know. And if Shaheen is anything, it's just going to make Trey Burton be someone that you can't double team. That's true. I mean, he's going to beat pretty much any linebacker in coverage. I mean, Burton's he's poised for a big year. Now, big years, you can't just say we're going to double his numbers because he had 23 receptions, 248 yards. He did have ridiculous five touchdowns on that. So, huge red zone threat. Five touchdowns on uh, 20, 23 receptions, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, threw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I, I feel like this is someone you can actually look at getting triple the volume because he is going to be a starter, not behind a top three tight end in the league. I mean, you, you triple his volume, 750, and I, he's not going to get 15 touchdowns, but I'll bet he approaches 10. If if Mitch Trubisky takes a, takes Mitch, a turn, and I, I do expect him to. The problem with, with me and Trey Burton is – 
previous did to he last hit on your year. girlfriend or something? <laughs> yeah, the previous to that. Burton, he hit on my <laughs> wife one time at a, at a Chili's. <laughs> I've never liked him since. Guy's just an asshole. <laughs> Dude, uh, prior to last season, he didn't get target share since he was at Florida like six years ago. Or so I, I mean, he's been a, he. Okay, uh, small name, been around too long to be a small name. But hey, hey, great opportunity. Like we said, great opportunity. In when front you of didn't you. have the opportunity in front of you, now you do. Yeah. How are we doing, deep sleeper quarterbacks? <laughs> quick <laughs> hits, baby. Give me a quick hit, deep sleeper. This is name name recognition for listeners. Just to stash a guy. Give me, give me a deep sleeper. Like, give me somebody I who's like- not a starter that you think could possibly be a starter by season's end. Uh, this is so hard on quarterbacks. Dig so deep. And and I know I've roasted this guy. (laughs) You better not steal my guy. (laughs) I know I've roasted this guy on a few, but if you're talking deep sleeper, not a projected starter right now, uh, that that could legitimately win the starting position quarterback at some point this season, it's going to be Nathan Peterception. God dang it, man. <laughs> Nathan Peterman. Dang it. I mean, look at you have. You have A.J. McCarron and a rookie that they're wanting to sit and develop. And and Nathan Peterman can sit there as the Q, the, the third-string quarterback. It, it's honestly not that bad. Out of all the third. I mean that you would steal my oh. deep sleeper. Because, I I mean, who else are you going to say? I, there's there's really no other quarterback. That's why I said how are we going to do this? will give us one. All right. But Nathan Peterman has opportunity in front of When you have A.J. McCarron, no investment. The Bills have no investment in him. And Josh Allen, who they're wanting to sit, develop for at least a year. I think Nathan Peterman can, can go in and play. Is he the long-term answer? I, I don't think there's any way he could play himself into the long-term answer where they're just so blown away by him that they can – scratch the Josh Allen experiment. But can he play, have some relevance, and have tradable value at the end of the year? Yeah, Nathan Peterman could have, win that starting job, and do the Bills a favor by building tradable value over the over the 2018 to 2019 offseason. He's my deep sleeper as well, and I'm just going to throw a couple reasons why I'm passing on the arms. Reason one, anytime you take a guy that has one bad game, now granted, it was an epically bad game. (laughs) Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. (laughs) But you cannot judge a whole player's career on one game. You just can't. can't. You you cannot. If you go back and look at his preseason with the Bills last season, and I know it's preseason, but preseason, you get to see something. You get to see any kind of talent that he brings. You get to see it. There's a reason there's a preseason. Nathan Peterman looked very good, albeit against second and third stringers in the preseason. You develop a guy like that that comes into the preseason and looks solid. And there has been a report that Nathan Peterman is in the running for the job going through OTAs because he's impressed. I'm not saying go out and grab him immediately, but if you're looking for a deep sleeper to stash and you have a roster spot available and you need a quarterback and you want one that not everyone else has on their radar, Nathan Peterception. Yeah. Arms. And, and real quick, I talk about the him doing the Bills a favor, favor, building tradable value going into 2019. How about just stashing him on your team when he wins the start? And from a fantasy standpoint, stash him on your team if he wins it and you already have two quarterbacks. 
that's tradable fantasy value where you could trade him for something. I yeah. mean, it might not be anything of significance trading a Nathan Peterman. Right. But if you stash him, he wins that starting job. You now have a starting quarterback in deeper leagues, in deeper leagues where there's you know 16 teamers, things like that. And what happens every season when bye weeks come around? People will buy, you know, guys like Nathan Peterman if he's starting. Even if they're look, Brett Hundley Not was high, tradable last tradable. year. Tradable, tradability. Grab a pick. Tradability. All right, I'm going to give you this guy's production last year. All right. <laughs> Did he have any? He had 3,660 yards and 27 touchdowns. All right, he's not a deep, a deep sleeper. sleeper. <laughs> he had 1,601 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns. Did he play in the CFL? No, he didn't play in the NFL, though. He played at Louisville. His name's Lamar Jackson. Oh, uh, he's violating. He's violating the deep sleeper. No, we're, hey, we're talking about someone who doesn't have a role in front of him, but what we're looking at in front of him is someone who's starting to age out a little bit and hasn't been spectacular whenever he has played the last couple of years. But Joe Flacco's been at a deep sleep since the Kiko hit. <laughs> Pretty much. But, Flacco's my deep sleeper. <laughs> but the thing is, with Flacco, he showed a little bit of vulnerability last year. You know, he's not nearly as mobile as he used to be. He wasn't terribly mobile to begin with. Sounds like me. But <laughs> if a two-game stretch comes on to where Lamar Jackson gets a chance to see the field, he may never give the job back a la Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson is a special type of athlete. He's good running and passing. And if he gets an opportunity – he's not looking back. He's going to be the Ravens starter for the next 10 years. Quick hits, deep sleeper running back, Nit. All right, since Arms went ahead and violated the rookie rule, I, I wanted I have this oh, running. If we're going rookie rule, I, I was going to go A.J. McCarron if we're going rookie rule. But all bills. So all, all bills. You can tell how great. I, I didn't know that there was a rookie rule in this. My bad. Well, uh, Unspoken. I'm actually glad you did it. Uh let me double check. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. This guy, I'm gonna go with a Denver running back. Oh, nice! I was going to, but I switched it to last second. <laughs> a Denver. I got a Denver running back here. Uh, rookie. Phil, I'm, I'm gonna go Philip Lindsay. Yes, deep sleeper. Never heard of him. Royce Freeman was drafted in what the third round there. Philip Lindsay could earn a role. If you don't know who Philip Lindsay is, he was he was undrafted, but he's the all time leading rusher. At the at Colorado, I mean, a big time school with a decent history. Uh, Philip Lindsay was a threat in the passing game, a smallish guy, but I think he can earn a role there. Tariq Cohen's name's come up a couple times in, on this episode alone. He's a guy built out of that same mold. Smallish can catch the ball, has all kinds of playmaking ability. I like Philip Lindsay to come out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere, undrafted. And actually fill a role, get about 40 to 50 receptions for 500 yards. I think he's a PPR back all day. All right. I'm going to go. And I like that. That's going deep, baby. Deep. My my deep sleeper is Edo Smith. Uh, I'm violating the rookie rule. Arms open the floodgates. (laughs) I apologize. I didn't realize that there was a rookie. I thought it was just like, all right, we're not going to take the big net. Okay. It was meant to be. And you have a beard. It's acceptable. Edo Smith. uh, Tevin Coleman is on his last season. I expect a possible injury to cause a trade for Tevin Coleman early in the season, you know, actually, bumping Edo Smith to the number two role. Devontae Freeman goes down in week nine, and Edo Smith, wow. deep sleeper, rises up the ranks ah, straight out of Southern Miss and has himself a 600-yard season. Deep 
Sleepers. So to get mine, to get my deep sleeper, I'm going to have to actually go into a huge inferno in a dumpster. Oh, he's going to New York. <laughs> I'm going to New York, maybe. Concrete jungle with the running back I'm going to go with Eli McGuire. Elijah McGuire, running back for the Jets. Um, Finished last season with 88 carries on 315 yards. Not a bad yards per carry. Um, Had another 177 receiving yards on 17 receptions. That's 10 yards per reception. I mean, rookie last year. Didn't really do a ton, but whenever he got an opportunity, he wasn't awful. Everything else they have is. Yeah. So, by default, Elijah McGuire is the best running back on that team. (laughs) He's calling it. Arms is calling it. Now, do I expect this guy to, you know, to really break out and be a, you know, 1,200-yard back? Absolutely not. But I could see him getting approaching 700 yards rushing. And if you have any hope of anything coming out of the New York backfield that, to help you any week of the season, the only chance you've got, guys, is Eli McGuire. You know what, Eli? Also, Eli McGuire. I don't hate that, man. I, I really like you going into the – digging into that New York Jets depth chart at running back. And trying to pull out the most talented back. And I think I I, I can buy Eli McGuire. Very, I'm going to buy it very low. But I wouldn't mind stocking him, saving him a roster spot on my fantasy team just in case. Now, we, we can always look for most of these players and say, let's, let's pick a moment in time and it, it might be fluky. But his best game of the season was 10 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown. Do you know who he played? Who? The Jacksonville Jaguars that week. Crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fluky as heck for him to do that because the following week he finished with 11 rushings, or rushes for 20 yards. Yeah, that's when everybody started him, spot started him but, in redrafts. But ultimately, you are you got to gravitate towards the mean, right? You gravitate towards the middle, and maybe he finishes a little bit closer to, you know, 20 carries in a game because he's probably the best running back on the team, 15 carries, and you start getting closer to 60 yards a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then if we triple his – because he's going to be the third down back, we triple his receiving numbers, he can get over 450. Wide receiver, deep sleeper. Quick? Quick. Dude, it's a former ball. (laughs) It's a man crush I've had. Of course it is. Josh Malone? I've been waiting. No. Post Malone? No, it's not. (laughs) Moses Malone? It's a guy who got traded. Former first-round pick. Moises Alou? (laughs) Muhammad Ali? Cordell Patterson. If you oh. want a deep, deep sleeper, Cordell Patterson, I mean, we've all heard of him, but he's going to the Patriots. You just never heard of him starting on a fantasy team. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. But right. if you're wanting to go deep sleeper, why not roster Cordell Patterson? He Actually, he's probably rostered in a few, you know, a few of the leagues. But Cordell Patterson, again, opportunity in front of you. And, hey, if anyone's going to lock on and fill uh, – Bill Belichick could find a role for elite talent. He could put people in position – to be successful, Cordell Patterson shows that he has some route has improved his route running ability. I'm talking about what a year five guy, if he could figure it out, guy could have a monster monster season with all the exits He's in at the right wide place. receiver. Yeah, I mean, they you know Tom Brady could throw to anybody, but there's a, a huge void at the wide receiver position in in New England, and Cordell Patterson could lock up a starting job, lock down forty five receptions next year. I'm going to roll with Noah Brown in Dallas. You guys have hated on me before. No. But listen, Alan Hearns is no lock to be a number one. Michael Gallup is no lock. There, there is no there is no reliable wide receiver in Dallas at all. 
whatsoever. We, we all can project. We can project that Alan Hearns will have the best season of his career. We can project that Michael Gallup will step right into the Des role. That there are no guarantees. Those are 50-50 scenarios. Just like Noah Brown, 50-50 to get on the field and see relevance because of that wide receiver core. It could happen. Deep sleepers. We're just talking deep, deep sleepers right now. And Noah Brown Noah Brown is a superior talent. He's, Body he's, size. He's a stash. He's a good stash because remember, opportunity. Remember, he came out of college way too early. He yes, should have put did. another he should have put another year in at Ohio State. And he, he just from a maturity level, from a he hadn't really done anything level. He had one good game against Oklahoma at, at the college football level and then was like I'm, I'm taking my talents to the nfl Which and it's way crazy. too early it, essentially this should be his rookie year and but but he has a year of experience just within an offense i yeah. I, I like the in pick a system of with a quarterback and there's a chance yeah I'm in gonna, a system with a quarterback most offenses do have quarterbacks well i mean his second year <laughs> i mean his rookie season is essentially his second year in the system with a with a with the yeah. same quarterback yeah so i mean it lines up if he gets on the field. Deep sleepers. So, Cowboys, Cowboys, speaking Cowboys. of deep, probably someone no one's ever heard of unless you're a Patriots fan. Ooh. Ooh. Mentioned from the first handful of episodes of the Backroom Fantasy Show. Going way, way, way back. Austin Carr. I thought Whoa. you were going to say way deep, and I was going to be like, ah. Austin Carr for the Saints. So, Oh, okay. I, I got your connection there to the Patriots. Yeah, he, he was, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he was an undrafted free agent to the Patriots. So, Austin Carr, his final season at Northwestern was 90 receptions for 1,247 yards and 12 touchdowns. Guys, the players that he, were, he was playing against was like Gary on Conley for Ohio State, first-round draft pick cornerback. You know, the guy was an absolute stud in his senior season of college, and they are looking for that number two guy in New Orleans. It doesn't have to be a rookie. It doesn't have to be Cam Meredith. If he can get, show up, really stand out on the field in, in OTAs and stand out in you know any of the preseason games, Austin Carr's got an opportunity to step into a number two, maybe even a number three role. And we've seen Drew Brees make number three receivers relevant, relevant before. Um, I'm not saying he's going to have a huge season, but – to come from, I think, a total stats of maybe 20 yards last year. I don't even have stats in front of me because I don't think they're registered. Zero. Zero? <laughs> Zero. But, I mean, but he, he, he absolutely has an opportunity to, to get on the field, and if he does and becomes a favorite of Drew Brees, that, could, that just speaks volumes to what he could be long term. Just to quickly back up what you're saying the Saints are looking for in a wide receiver too, or their second wide receiver, just consistency. They just need somebody to go in and be like Marquise Colston, get up and catch the ball, go down. Like reliability, consistency. And Austin Carr could fit that mold. Yeah, I mean, he's not terribly huge, but he, you know what he is? He's a worker. Like he's someone who gets in there, gets the grind. If Bill Belichick saw something in him and then Sean Payton saw something in him, I, I tend to believe there's something in him. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just can't believe that two of the probably five best coaches right now in the league wanted to roster this guy, and he's just garbage. I like it. Tied in, deep sleeper, quick hit, and then we're out. Yeah, I'm going to be real quick. But real quick. I, I really like that, and I'm going to violate the rookie rule again. But <gasps> but Jordan Akins, Jordan Akins, the more I look into it, we overlooked him a little bit, 
And being a third-round pick to the Houston Texans, and I can't reiterate enough, the Houston Texans didn't have a pick until the third round, so you know they did their homework on a lot of these guys. Jordan Akins fills a need for the Houston Texans, and Deshaun Watson needs somebody down the middle. Jordan Akins was a very reliable uh, receiving threat for the University of Central Florida who had a phenomenal, phenomenal year, and he was a huge part of their success going out beating an Auburn in a bowl game. Jordan Akins is a legit receiving threat at the tight end position. 6'4", 250, filling a void. He's already number two on the depth chart. Hasn't stepped a foot on the field yet to uh, in, in a game situation. I think he takes off in preseason, and they actually start him week one. Jordan Akins, deep sleeper. Sorry I violated the rookie rule again. My deep sleeper. Nit's going to like this one. Bucky Hodges, New York Jets. A guy went to Minnesota last year out of Virginia Tech. Very productive in college. High upside coming into the draft. Didn't quite work out for him. Went on injured reserve. Now he is buried, buried on a terrible tight end roster in uh, New York. We're talking Jordan Leggett, Clive Walford, uh, some guy named Eric Tomlinson, and some guy named Neil Sterling. Uh, (laughs) Buried. Just buried. But you know what? Bucky Hodges is the most talented guy on the tight end roster. Played so. wide receiver. Played wide receiver, and yes. Could, if he's listed as a tight end, he makes the field for the Jets. It's probably going to be more in a wide receiver role. I like that pick, Bart. Bucky. Love Bucky. Hit us up, arms, as we exit out. My deep sleeper, Johnny Smith. Jeanu. Johnny Johnny Smith is basically the second coming of Delaney Walker. Jeanu. He built like him, athletically very similar. Delaney Walker's starting to get older. I'm not saying Johnny Smith takes over his role entirely this year, but I can see him starting to eat into it. I mean, he finished last season with 18 receptions for 157 yards. You know, we're looking at, what, nine yards of reception? That's pretty darn good, for, especially for a tight end. Um, he had two receptions. Both of them came boom, boom, right at the beginning of the year. Pretty much anything that's thrown to him, he's going to catch. So, you know, if he's just getting a little bit more of it. Remember, guys, the tight end landscape is barren. It is terrible. So, if we get this guy to 450 yards and five touchdowns, he has relevance. Right now, nobody's paying anything for Johnny Smith unless you're Delaney Walker and you're trying to handcuff him. Johnny and Smith, people don't handcuff tight ends. Boom, exactly. Johnny Smith's got an opportunity to really – step up and make some sort of an impact this year on the field and potentially make Delaney Walker long-term disposable. That's all we got for you folks. Join us next time when we talk about other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And finish out our boxing MMA movies. Exactly. Which Rocky would be from Knit on the next episode (laughs) of the Back Row Fantasy (laughs) Show. Barks out. Good night. See ya. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.